Welcome to City Council. I'm Paula Viganalan, and today we have a really exciting guest that I get to meet, e-meet for the first time, although we are mutuals on Twitter, and I followed your other account for like years. It's Dan Sheehan. Hello. Am I saying that right, Sheehan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I always have to double check. I'm not familiar with white people names. No, <laughs> it's really good to have you. You were actually requested by one of our listeners. They were like, this person would be great on the podcast. And I was like, hell yeah. I love nice. all of your social media stuff. I've been following at sick of wolves for ages. <laughs> I like that was like one of the first like fun accounts that I followed on Twitter. How long have you been running that account? That's been going since like... I started it in like 2013 and then didn't really post a ton until like 2015. So it's been like six or seven years of that being around, which is pretty crazy. And the whole bit is that you're like a wolf pretending not to be a wolf. Yeah, it, it started very simply as just like, wouldn't it be funny if a wolf tried to put on a, a shirt? And then it became like this whole thing that eventually spun out into my book. Um, and then like it, yeah, it started very, very normal or very, very like weirdly on that corner of Twitter. Yeah. And your book is called, I am not a wolf, right? Yeah. It's like a choose your own adventure type style, uh, story about a wolf pretending to be a man. And you're just trying to go about your daily business and not get caught as a wolf. Is it targeted at like at all ages basically? Cause it feels like a, um, like a game that kids could play too. It's it's definitely more adult targeted because the story primarily is about like work being in a workplace and like having to deal with um, it's it's basically like a workplace satire. It's like all about just how awful office culture can be. Yeah, because you'll have like tweets that are it marries like the vicious the supposed viciousness of wolves with like office culture. <laughs> so it's like yeah. when you want to like tear their heads off, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it's been very fun to kind of like get to comment. I started doing it when I was like in my mid 20s and was working some of my first office jobs. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs> like, why does any of this work the way that it works? Like I was fresh out of college and just trying to figure it out. What office jobs did you have? I was a temp for a long time. So I would work Ooh. one place for like a week. And so there was like one week where I worked at a place that like managed trains like trains going in you know and out of different cities and like making sure they had all the right stuff on the train and my job was that they were digitizing all their physical records so I had to basically alphabetize this entire room of just loose papers but they'd only contracted me out for two days and there was no earthly way it could get done in two days that's um, crazy that's like an episode of hacks where she was supposed to like digitize like all of the comedy stuff in this giant room yeah it, it was very much like that that's so funny that you were a temp because it is like you are taking on all these different personas in these different offices like a wolf trying to just be a man and like yeah. navigate the workplace the character for a while was kind of autobiographical because it was like I was just doing stand up and writing and stuff and I like desperately wanted to be doing anything other than what I was doing. But I would have to spend the day like at this at these offices, like dressed in my little like collared shirt and like, you know, slacks or whatever, walking around like, oh, I love this. I love that I have to go sit in a dark room and alphabetize files. Yeah, like, I love that you were a temp too, because there are so many like movies that like the main character is like a temp and like is so out of place or just like learning the ropes. And that's like the inciting incident or whatever so it feels like you must have gotten like a lot of content out of that and I mean that whole perspective on Twitter but what was the coolest and the weirdest place that you worked 
it's tough to honestly weirdest is there's a lot of competition and there weren't very many cool ones um there was a um, i got to work a trade show once um so it was like i was down at the convention center this is back when i lived in chicago and i like got to work the floor which was like usually when people hire a temp for something it's very background and you're solitary and you're doing like work that sucks but this was like the guy uh he ran like a photoshop company he ran like a company that basically could just like do quick photoshops for people who had products or whatever you were like working um, for the ceo of adobe and you <laughs> yeah it was like an adobe competitor and he wasn't uh english wasn't his first language so he wanted somebody who like knew you know, the language and could kind of be like a little more salesman like. And so I so I have no sales experience, but I was suddenly like on this like convention floor, just like having to talk to people about this software that I like didn't know existed until that morning. That's so funny. Um, Did you like the software? Was it good? Do you think? I never used it, but I think it must have been. Good. He was very enthusiastic about it. He was like, it's a great Photoshop alternative. And I was like, hell yeah, man, Adobe, it costs too much money. I'm, I'm with you here. Yeah, I don't go to a university anymore. I'm not getting that license. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, once that thing went away. Yeah, um, I know. And then I think probably the worst one was I had a longer term stint in customer service. Mm. I, I do truly think everyone should have to do one because it just like changed the way I interact with like customer service workers for the rest of my life. But it was like, uh, I was at Grubhub. Um, oh my God. Yeah. And I had to work there during, it was right around this time of year. I worked there from like Thanksgiving through January. Um, because it's like, they get a lot of wow. of like delivery stuff and it was, oh, it was just terrible. Cause people are always mad. Cause they're hungry. Yeah. Everybody's food's on the way. Everybody's hangry. Like, it's just like, uh, no one's in a very good mood and you have to work like, you know, there was like a legendary cold snap when I was in Chicago. They like the governor was like declared a state of emergency because it was like pipes were bursting and stuff. And they were like, they sent everyone an email and they were like, hey, we still need you to come in because uh, people are going to be ordering more food than ever. Oh, before. God. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a fascinating little uh, job to have. Wow. I feel like we keep like relearning that those types of jobs are so important. And then we keep forgetting <laughs> yeah. like over and over again. So you mentioned you have a Magic the Gathering podcast called Commander I Sphere. Do, yeah. I, I, so I'm, I'm not a Magic the Gathering person. My experience with Mag Magic the Gathering is one, I love that it has the phrase, the gathering in the title. I'm like, that is community. That is like a little, I I think more things should be like D&D &D box social. You know what I mean? Like, I think they should have that in the title of these games. I love it. Yeah. And then also the second thing is like, it was like huge in my middle school. Like everybody was playing it to the point where my science teacher had to like, dissuade people from like trying to play like during class so she was like if I see a card I'm going to go through your pack and take the best cards because I also play and it's going to be your <laughs> tax and I'm you're gonna have to pay a magic the gathering tax if I That's see so you funny. with the car packs out in class I was like that is so insidious I guess yeah. <laughs> to like to be like a fan of a thing that and like know how to punish them effectively that's yeah. it was wild have to like really learn their ways yeah have you been playing for a long time I played a ton growing up and then I didn't play for like a decade I when I moved to LA I didn't play um but then my friend Rachel you Rachel, lost yourself I did yeah I lost my way for a little while my friend Rachel who I co-host the podcast with she moved out here from Denver and she played with a bunch of comedians in Denver 
Um, and she was like, you used to play, right? And I was like, oh yeah, but I haven't for like ever. And she was like, you're playing again. And so her, myself and a few other comedian friends just started like playing this game again together. And it's, it's a fun time. And so then we started this podcast about it because, you know, we've become obsessed now in the intervening years. What does your podcast cover? Do you like play games during it? Or like, is it the latest in Magic the Gathering news? It's very like, it's honestly very vaguely about magic where it's like we kind of start with something. It's like most podcasts where we start with a nugget of something and then we end up just like riffing and talking about something else. But it's like, yeah, it's a lot about just like the, you know, playing the game itself and like the you know different things you can do and then there's like kind of story attached to it i actually have like written some of the story for the game um it was uh something i got to do which was fun um, that's really and, cool yeah like for the nice. actual like game like yeah the official that is so fucking cool i have friends who have written like comic books for like batman and i'm like that is my fucking dream <laughs> like that would be amazing it's one of those where if you told me when i was in middle school that i got to do it i would have been incredibly stoked yeah it's like they they've been writing you know they don't do the books anymore but i grew up reading the like paperback books of the story that they used to have and so this was like they they do it all online now but i got to like write one of the like character stories for one of their sets this past summer you made canon you made magic yeah. the gathering canon that's amazing I've never, never gotten to make canon before i've never been part of a an expanded universe before but now i'm in it your your family at home is like what the fuck like we're an expanded universe yeah <laughs> that's awesome wait what is command i don't know shit about magic the gathering but what is commander sphere like why did you pick that name um it's a card and it's also like kind of a play on so there's like a version of the game called commander that's like not very competitive and it's just like a way basically to like have four people play in the same game instead oh, of two. so that's um, like what i would play basically yeah it's like it's like the shooting the shit version of Magic the Gathering where it's like you all just sit around the table, have a couple beers and play. And like the game is kind of secondary to just hanging out, like mm-hmm. you're just doing weird stuff instead of like hyper competitive stuff. Yeah. And so like that was kind of how I got hooked back in because I've never been the type who's like, I want to, you know, grind this out and get in the tournaments and like be the best in the world. Like I don't, you know, I don't have like a math brain. I'm, I'm a, I've got writer brain. So I'm just like, oh, I want to, you know, do something goofy and, you know, hang out with my friends. So we basically just stole the name of a card and kind of repurposed it to, to fit the podcast. Hell yeah, that sounds fun. I always, whenever I would be like in a cafe, one of those cafes with like board games, I'd be there like all day working. And then at like 6 p.m., it starts to close. I'm like, but there's still people here and they're like Magic the Gathering people and they're there for a special event and they're very intense, but they have like such camaraderie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's my favorite. I love it. I'm like, hell yeah. These like harmless nerds <laughs> are are like doing their thing. There's something very sweet about it. It right? is. I never was part of the like larger community when I played as a kid. It was just like me and my like seven buddies. We would play this game together. And then when I, you know, now that we have like the podcast and stuff, we'll go to events and like, like there's like this very deep camaraderie in the game. It's like people, Uh, um, it's been interesting to kind of like get a look at that. Like I had never really been aware of it before. Yeah. I mean, like I was always sort of like math and science nerds because that's what I grew up doing. And I never like got into, like, I was never like somebody who solved a Rubik's cube or like played these games, you know, like growing up, but I was like always surrounded by friends who did that. So I like, I felt, I feel like, like camaraderie with those types of nerds to get like really into one thing. And I feel like comedy is like that too. Like we're really, we spend all these hours together, like working on this thing, you know, and it's very like communal. Uh, And then you like go off and you like figure stuff out on your own. So I feel like 
yeah, it's very similar and it's very, um, it's really, it's really good for community building, which is why I love that title, The Gathering. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of comedy sometimes, like the world that surrounds it, where it's just like, if you go to a town, there's like somebody who knows where to go and they're oh, like, oh, wow, you know, that's like, cool. Oh, yeah. Like you can always, you know, pick up a game here, but this shop's kind of weird. So you want to go to this one where everybody's nice. The venues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, that's it's a lot fun. Like that. They're like, who books that gathering? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So we're going to play a trivia game and they're all open-ended questions. And I have to do this because most of the people I have on the podcast are like hyper online and already know the answers to everything. So I can't give you multiple choice because it'll be too easy, (laughs) but it's just a few questions. What new social media site run by two people are hundreds of thousands of people flocking to from Twitter? Uh, That's got to be Hive, right? Hive. Yeah. Yeah, Hive social. Did you make a Hive? I made a Hive. I'm on Mastodon. I made post. I I panicked like it. I usually am good at uh, not giving in to the panic about Twitter dying. Like usually I I manage to ride it out, but... When I read the thing about how he like fired everybody and like the website might just like crash. Yeah. And then the, and like the security officers like leaving on their own. I was like, "Ah!" and they were like locked out of the building for a little while. And I was just like, oh, this might all be over. Yeah. Yeah. I made a Mastodon and then somebody said that the way the Mastodons were being regulated was like racist or something. Like Mm. they, they like posts were being, you know, taken down or people were getting suspended who were like activists and stuff. And then I was like, Ooh, that's not good. And then I made a hive and part of it is just like reserve your name. Cause you're like, there's going to be some troll who like (laughs) is, you know, freaking out. But I haven't, I've like made one post on Mastodon and I haven't done anything on hive. (laughs) Like I just like saved it for now. I've basically, just been grabbing my first and last name because I don't have it on Twitter. On Twitter, I have it's Dan Sheehan, not Dan Sheehan. And so I, it's been nice to have like all these handles that are now just at Dan Sheehan, which is like cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, Suck it, other Dan Sheehans. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a rising rugby star in Ireland who has my exact name. Gotta get him in the like, kneecaps. Yeah. He's like really good, I guess. And so like I constantly, I used to have Google alert for my name and I turned it off because he's getting like constant press in the like in the, good for like, him world. yeah he's he's crushing he's you want great. like great you do want like great people who have your name you know what i mean yeah. like that's better than like murderers or something right like you if you get confused for an amazing rugby player that's like perfect you know yeah <laughs> there's like a, there's a ufo scientist like a very um like a very prominent ufo scientist named dan sheehan who I remember when I was in college, I took a class on conspiracy theories and it was like talking about like how they're created and where they come from. And they brought in someone to speak about UFO stuff. And the guy just casually goes, and my friend Dan Sheehan, and I like, wit, like perked up and I was just like, what, what? Like I said out loud in the middle of the lecture, I said, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I wasn't paying attention. And the guy just said my full name and he was referencing a completely different Dan Sheehan. It was crazy. It was crazy. I'm sorry, but the phrase UFO scientist is so funny to me. <laughs> I'm like, that's how like they call them Christian scientists or Scientologists. Yeah. I'm like, y'all, you, you're using our branding. Come on. Where's the uh, <laughs> data that you're that you're referencing here? Yeah, like what test tubes are you using? Okay, at the United Nations Climate Conference in Egypt, Brazilian President Elect Lula promised to crack down on what? Brazilian President Climate Change. What is he going to work on? Um, was it deforestation? Yes, oh, deforestation of the Amazon it. rainforest. He's trying to stop that, which is great. Yeah, that would be very cool. Also, this is related exactly to what we were just talking about. But what happened when professor of physics Brian Cox tried to check into his hotel room? 
we were literally just, um, talking, just about talking about it. Yeah. How? Oh man, my my goldfish memory is showing itself. Professor of Physics Brian Cox. He checked into his hotel, and what happened? Someone had the same name as him. Actor Brian Cox was already staying oh, there. That's so funny. Apparently, they've had like restaurant reservation issues before as well, but they're f- both famous. Like, there's Brian Cox from Succession, and then there's yeah. like a legit, like, famous professor of physics who's, and they like took a picture together, and it was really cute. Um, uh, all these Brian Coxes just like dominating these fields. Okay. Um, a British man who was afraid he was going deaf used a home endoscope kit to find what that had been stuck in his ear for five years. A home what kit? A home endoscope, like a, oh, just to yeah. like look in his ear. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that can get stuck in an ear because I don't think I read about it. For five years too. Like what can sustain in your ear for five years? Like a, like a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it could. I bet you could get a peanut in there. Don't try this at home, but I bet you could get a peanut in there for five years. Yeah. I bet that's happened to like a child before. Absolutely. Like a coin? No, it's, it, that'd be funny though if a magi- if magicians are just <laughs> yeah. like doctors trying to pull out. They're just trying to help the community. <laughs> they were helping us and we, and we turned them away. Just like, you're pulling tricks. No, it was an earbud. Part of an earbud was stuck oh. in his ear for five years. And I'm like, this is why I'm terrified of AirPods. It's the same thing when I like first started using contacts. I'm like, they're going to roll into the back of my eyes. But like, mm. and with earpods, air, air, AirPods, I'm like, they're just going to get sucked in there. It's weird. Or I'm going to lose them. But I just don't understand like how you like you lose it in your ear and you don't immediately go like it's in my ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a very invasive ear earbud too. Like, And like, part of it, like that means like yeah. it broke off. That means you got some hard ears, dude. Also, Strong like, ass ears. Was it like really weaved in there? Like usually I feel like my mine always like they stop at the ear hole. They don't like go into the, you know. I wonder if something ear. happened. Like I bet I wonder if like like he got hit or something cuz you know yeah. what I mean? Cuz it like if it was broke off, broken off. Maybe he was like on a bike or something and like fell. Maybe. Yeah, that Just makes like, sense. And then it like and he thought it like fell out. That would like that is still preferable to all the stories about like bugs and spiders being in, there in Oof, people's yeah. ears. I'm like, let it be a spy bug and not a real one. Whenever there's like a like an earwig or something like that, or like yeah, you'll just hear those stories. Ugh, I hate it. Freaks hate me it. out. And it's also like they always talk about how they could hear them in there, and I'm like, mm. I think I was going crazy. I know, and that's like something that like lives in your in your head rent free. I'm like, I already am thinking about way too many people. I don't need an actual bug in there. Yeah. Okay. An airline pilot hung out of the cockpit window before takeoff so he could get past what object by the ground crew. He hung out like there's a video of him hanging out from the front window. <laughs> and they're passing him something. Um... Yeah. His his hat, his pilot's hat. That would have been very cute if he was like, wait, wait, I can't take off my hat. Yeah, I don't know how to fly if I'm not wearing the hat. Yeah, what if it's like they're all ratatouille like all pilots have, like, <laughs> they're all getting ratatouille Every pilot has a little mouse on, on their head just like flying the plane. Oh my gosh, very controversial. You said mouse and not rat. Oh and- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if they, we need an all mouse reboot of ratatouille. Yeah, it's not called mouse <laughs> It was a passenger's forgotten phone. Like literally he forgot his phone and ground crew like passed it to the pilot. If I was another passenger, I would be so pissed. I'd be like, is this because he's in first class? Like why? 
I leave stuff all the time at airports. No way they're doing that in coach. Like, no fucking way. No. What if uh-uh. they pass like a baby? They're like, here's you forgot. Yeah, you've you've left your baby. Just like tossing it up, and the guy just catches it. Yeah. Okay, that was a trivia game, and now I'm gonna play another game based on your wolf character, and we're gonna call this. Is this the proverbial wolf? And by wolf, that means like amazing. You love it. It's like, yay, you're for it. And then you're like, if you're like, it's not a wolf, that means you're not into it, right? Okay. Dogs. Is that a wolf? I'd say dogs are a wolf. I'm pro dog. Okay. Pumpkin spice. Honestly, I I think that's also a wolf. I like, I'm I'm kind of pro pumpkin spice typically. I like all the fall spices. Um, the whole fall spice profile is. Do you think the fall spices are backwards in Australia? (laughs) (laughs) It's gotta be tough to be like enjoying uh, like a pumpkin spice latte in May or however it works over there. Yeah, for sure. What about Christmas songs before Thanksgiving? Is that wolf or not a wolf? I think that's not a wolf. Not a wolf. I feel like Christmas should just be that one month, like, you know, like late uh november to late december and then cut it off it's over um, you heard it here elon's twitter dan sheehan on the war on christmas yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a soldier in that army i'm a christmas eve baby so i always have had like a little bit of a beef with christmas where i'm like you know just you a stole my shine yeah, christmas exactly. it's pagan holiday 30s, so- Huh? I said, now I'm in my 30s, so I, my birthdays are, I, I, I don't count them anymore. But <laughs> Do you not do anything for your birthdays? Um, I, I think being a Christmas Eve baby made me not very much of a birthday person. Like, I kind of just like to, like, let it pass and not really, you, you know. should do the half birthday. I want you next year to do a half birthday thing in, like, June or whatever. Yeah, and just go June full out. Have my first, like, big non-Christmas related birthday. Okay, we're going to do a follow-up in June, and we're going to make sure this happens. Because you deserve the joy of a fun birthday. Life's hard. you got to celebrate. Yeah, it's true. What about the end of Twitter? Is that a wolf or not a wolf? As much as I want to be one of those people who's like, yeah, fuck it, go away. Um, It's not a wolf because I use it to get jobs. (laughs) Okay, fair. Fair enough. What about Trump being reinstated on Twitter? That that's definitely not a wolf. I'm not a not wolf. Happy to see that happening, and also all the people he's bringing with him, like all the new gross and people, old, yeah, white supremacists that have returned. It's not great. What about Trump getting reinstated and Elon really wanting him to tweet and him not tweeting? Is that a wolf or not a wolf? That's a wolf. That rules. <laughs> If there's one thing Trump's good at, it's getting guys to like completely embarrass themselves in yeah. his service. Like Ted Cruz, just like JD Vance, yeah, all like of all, them. All these guys will just like completely humiliate themselves in public for the guy, and then he'll just like completely like pull. He'll be like, "Fuck you, him. yeah." And it's just like watching, you know, dummies embarrass dummies is great. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't like that Trump is back. I think it's really weird. Oh, are you on that Antifa list that everybody was trying to tag Elon in that they created with like half of my friends on it? I saw it and I didn't check it because I saw there were 5,000 names on it. So I figured I was like, ah, if I'm on it, somebody else. Control F archive. I was like, I looked oh. at, I was so, they, they archived the list and I like looked it up and I was so upset that I, I didn't make the Antifa list. Like, I'm not going to be. It's like the comedy list. I know. I'm not in Antifa to watch this year. And I'm like really upset. I need to put in more work. Antifa new faces. Antifa new faces. Where is where is my manager when I need yeah. I mean it's essentially like the opposite of the pe- the comics who went to the insurrection. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm it's just the comedy like, civil war. <laughs> Antifa JFL is such a funny concept for me. It's super funny. 
What about bringing your neighbor chili? Did you see this? Oh, yeah. I was pro that. I think that's a wolf. Every, I thought everyone was being a little like weird about it. So the um, bringing your neighbor chili thing, just to catch the listeners up, the bringing your neighbor chili thing was there was somebody who like saw a, a group, of, a gaggle of, of, of young men who were ordering pizzas and she was like, I want to make my neighbors chili because it looks like they're they're not fending for themselves as adults or something like that. that was kind of the vibe of it, basically. And then she made them chili and she brought it over. And then people were like, this is ableist. <laughs> this is racist. And it was weird. I thought it was yeah. weird because like I'm Indian. My mom did that shit like all the time. Like every week we were bringing people Indian food in the community, like neighbors or like elderly Indian people or whatever. And like, but people online were like, you didn't ask what their preferences were. You assumed they needed it, blah, blah, blah. I think that's Twitter brain stuff. I like, cause I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm the same way. I'm from the Midwest. Like people would just bring each other food. It was a nice thing to do. Like it's, you know, if somebody was like, you know, in the hospital or something, you'd go to their house, you'd bring them food. If, you know, somebody moved into the neighborhood, you'd or bring them Or if somebody food, passed but... away or something, yeah. you know, like, like I work in mutual aid and there are a lot of people who are like donating like just their trash to like the community fridges or they'll drop yeah. stuff off at encampments that people don't need. And they'll treat like unhoused people like trash cans. So they just like mm -hmm. throw out whatever they don't want. And that's, I feel like that's very different than like, trying to show like a, ge a gesture of like friendliness in like small portions to like yeah. a singular person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, you know, it was wild that people got so upset about <laughs> bringing your neighbor chili. If, if they, if they don't want it, they just won't eat it. You know, I've had neighbors bring me stuff that, yeah, like I don't eat. Like I, a neighbor brought me like a, a piece of pie one time and it was not like uh the type of pie that i tend to enjoy but i was i was still like oh my gosh thank you so much and then i what if they're listening to this podcast right now and now you just started beef with that neighbor who yeah, brought you pie. <laughs> she's so nice she brought us sardines for our cats it was oh uh, did yeah, they like we, them uh they did yeah they went nuts that was like they uh they found the tupperware that they were in and like licked it clean it was crazy oh wow that's wild. I didn't know. Yeah, I guess like cats love all sorts of fish. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, what about two-in-one shampoo and conditioner? Is that wolf or not a wolf? I think that's not a wolf. I think they should be separate. Um, oh, you're a segregationist when it comes <laughs> to hygiene products. There's the clip. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I definitely, I don't condition my hair every day. Mm. Um, you know, so it's like it, some days I just want the shampoo. Some days I just, I For just the want listener, the Dan's white. For the listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to condition. I have so I have to do a thing where I shampoo. I don't I don't wash and condition my hair every day. Like I have to, but whenever I wash my hair, I have to like over condition. So mm. I have a thing where I have to buy more conditioner than I have to do shampoo. And and um. I'm like, I don't like I feel like it's unfair because everybody has different amounts and then you're just juggling like three bottles in an awkward yeah. way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I feel like two in one shampoo is good for like, maybe like travel or something. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not a wolf. And to the people who also use that on their bodies, we need to have a conversation. Yeah. That's the one that's really cursed is like, it's such like a, like all the men's products are like it's just one goop that's all yeah <laughs> and all the women's products are like here are like 12 things to make your eyebrows slightly better and mm -hmm. it's like i can't keep up i can't handle this this is why like gender and hygiene are both a spectrum okay what about insisting on calling it football instead of soccer um i think it's 
a wolf if the person is from a country where they call it football. I think it's not a wolf if it's an American. Okay, perfect. Like, yes. Or it's like if, if a guy who grew up in, you know, the same suburb I grew up in is like, oh, I love football, man. But and then they're like, they put the accent on it. They're like, I love football. And football, you're like, yeah. you're a white dude. And you, I had, I have people who like white people I know who like speak Spanish and then they'll only like use certain words. They'll have like an English sentence and then they'll do like the full accent for that one word. And I'm like, you don't need to. We know. We know you just say yeah. the whole thing in Spanish then. You know what I mean? It's like a college kid, like really authentically pronouncing Barcelona or something like. I, I went to Barcelona. None of them sound like that. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't like that at all. We, we're full cartoons. We made them full cartoons. <laughs> That was, is this a proverbial wolf? So thank you for playing that. That was fun. And now we're going to get into headlines. Some of them are sad. Some of them are interesting, but we're going to try it. Here we go. We have the LA elections update. Did you vote, Dan? I did vote. I was, I had an awkward time. I, I turned in my ballot on that. It was like pouring rain. Oh yeah, day. it was. Um, and I like ran to go turn my ballot in. I, I parked my car up by the Los Feliz library and as I'm running up, another guy's doing the same thing. And I put my ballot in and I just go, voting sucks when I look at him. Like, think, like it being a joke. But I was like, this is a stranger. He doesn't know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just walking to my car. I was like, why did I say that? Like, You're like, he's not my Twitter friend. Yeah, this is not a person I know. I don't know who he's voting for. <laughs> like, it's Yeah, that's true. I definitely take for granted that I'm surrounded by like leftists and progressives. And I'll say things that I like that I fully believe are totally right and like should be taken for granted. Like they should just be commonplace. And then I realize I'm like, oh no, this person fully disagrees with me and thinks like I'm a socialist or, or like one of those uh, scary socialists or whatever. Yeah, I am a socialist, but uh, <laughs> I have no problem tearing down the system, but I think they do. Yeah. Okay. LA elections update. Karen Bass became the first female mayor of LA which is a win for girl bosses everywhere because she's a woman, but she's also very pro-police. <laughs> so in terms of the girl bossitude, she is not Rick Caruso. So there's that. Yeah. It was nice to watch Caruso lose. I was a big That was the best part. I'm super defund the police. So it was like, I was like, this is not great. But it was also fun to watch Katy Perry just eat shit on the, in the, <laughs> in the quote tweet. A lot of rich people like really showed their whole ass on the. Yeah. Yeah. Caruso run up where they were like, he's the he's the guy for L.A. We love this guy. And yeah, he just lost, spent all that money for nothing. He's like anti-abortion. Like, what are you talking about? It's crazy. <laughs> Lindsay Horvath won the L.A. County Supervisors District 3 over Bob Hertzberg. I'm really excited. I'm in CD13. Hugo Soto Martinez, who has been on this podcast, won for city oh, council. I love him. I think he's amazing. He's also looking to staff his office right now. And Ellery, who used to host this podcast with me, and I are genuinely thinking of applying. We're like, should we work at a city council <laughs> office yeah. it would be amazing robert luna won over alex villanueva for sheriff which is like alex villanueva it was so funny just like watching his concession speech watching him like discover the results as they were coming in on election night it was wonderful to just eat up those tears you know what i mean i don't know as much about robert luna i don't like police so uh, just as long as he doesn't make it worse you know yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see i had i almost got arrested this week i need to talk about this i almost got arrested this week okay wow. <laughs> i was walking back from a grocery store with my dog and they were conducting a fucking sweep and i hate Ooh. sweeps you know like how they sweep out unhoused yeah. people it's police and sanitation 
And so I went to like stand with the unhoused people. I was like the only like not unhoused person there. And I like went to stand with them just to ask if they were okay and if I could help with stuff. And then a police officer immediately came over and tried to make me move. And I was like, I'm just standing on the sidewalk. And he like referenced 4118, which is the sit and sleep ban that prevents people from sitting or sleeping within 500 feet of a shelter. And I was like, I'm not unhoused and I'm not sitting or sleeping. So why are you trying to kick me out? And he was like, we're conducting a sweep. We're, we're zoned to do it. And I'm like, that's separate than this 4118 thing, yeah. like, which also doesn't apply to me. And then later I like when I had after I had to move because this one off the he called like basically kind of like his backup officer and they both started like yelling at me to move and I was like let me help these people move that fridge and she was like you have a dog what are you gonna do and I'm like that's none of your business like I can help (laughs) if I want to help you know what I mean and then so they ended up they threatened me like five or six times that they were gonna arrest me and that I wasn't following a lawful order and so I like moved, even though I felt like it was based on something unlawful because I like, cause I mean, I just didn't want them to fuck me up in the moment. And I feel like I delayed yeah. them enough, but like, so I moved and then I talked to their sergeant and the sergeant was really trying to like, I, I, I like got all of his information. I got the information from the other, like about the other cops from him. And he was really trying to like convince me that cops were okay, which was really fucking weird he was like i'm sorry why do you think that we're like because i was just like letting it fly so he's trying to sell you on cops while they're doing a sweep in the back while they're doing a sweep right after they threatened to arrest me multiple times Mm. i think the first cop that like harassed me i heard a beep when he moved his hand to his chest so i think he like turned on or or off his body cam and i was like why'd you turn off your body cam and he was like it's on it's like blah blah blah. and i'm like i'm pretty sure like it wasn't on for part of this you know what i mean And, and like so i was like giving it back to them which might have been really stupid because i'm brown but then that sergeant was like before i even started talking to him he had been like get these transients off this man's property after they had already swept them to a different place so he was trying Mm -hmm. to move them again and he was like why are you so upset with like officers or whatever and i was like because of the echo park sweeps and all of these other like literally every experience i've had with officers and he's like well we're not those officers i'm like i literally just fucking heard you call them like a degrading term in like the most condescending voice and you wouldn't even interact with unhoused people like he was making his officers do everything and he was just like on his phone anyways it was like a really awful experience and i talked to a lot of my friends who were who work with the in-house community and i was like did i do okay and they were like i didn't even say that i was like what can i do and they were like you did everything you could because they could just like arrest you or detain you or do whatever the fuck they want mm-hmm. and the sergeant told me that it is still a lawful order, even if it's based on something incorrect. Like he was like, if they accidentally reference like the a 187, which is a murder instead of like a sweep and they tell you to leave, then you have to leave because you'll be interfering if you don't. And I'm like, so they could just like, lawful orders are just a police officer telling you to do whatever they want. Yeah. So that, that bummed me out, but. Yeah, I'm um, sorry to deal with that. I know, but fuck the police. And if you see a sweep happening and you can uh, waste their time so that it gives those people more time. They didn't even get breakfast that morning. They were like trying to move a fridge and it was like ridiculous. So that's, but wait, LA elections turned out fairly progressive. So we're really happy about that. Like we said earlier, Trump has announced he's running for president. How do we feel about that? And how do we also feel about Kanye announcing that he's running for president and then going to Trump after Trump announced and asking him to be his running mate? How do we feel about all of this? the boy it's like you're like rubbing your eyes (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's it's rough it's like i well because you know i am a 
guy who grew up in Chicago in the 2000s. I liked I liked Kanye for a very long time, and watching you know watching this most recent Fall from Grace has has been uh, real rough. It's you know it feels like every, every few years it's gotten progressively rougher, and uh, the guy is like past the point where you can really have any sympathy for him. Oh yeah, um, for sure. He's sick. It's like you can tell that he's like he deals with like you know episodes and stuff, but he's he has all the resources to like fix these these problems or at least combat them yeah and like being sick doesn't make you anti-semitic or racist or whatever so it's like or like you know upholding tenets of white supremacy so it's like that has nothing that's like separate from yeah i don't it's definitely it's messed up so trump's been reinstated on twitter kanye has been reinstated trump hasn't tweeted kanye tweeted shalom and a happy face which was oh boy fucking crazy when trump announced that he was going to be running ivanka trump stated that she wasn't going to support him in the political arena she said i love my father very much this time around i'm choosing to prioritize my young children and the private life we are creating as a family i do not plan to be involved in politics while i will always love and support my father going forward i will do so outside the political arena I'm grateful to have had the honor of serving the American people and I will always be proud of many of our administration's accomplishments, Ivanka Trump. I love that she said many of our administration's accomplishments and not just the administration. (laughs) She's like, the Christmas trees were cool. I would have bet that she was going to run for a while there. I really thought she was yeah. gonna, that she was going to make a play for it in 2024. I think like um, the son's egos are like more tuned yeah. to that, I feel like. But also like their power is like they're still being like sued or or um not sued. Letitia Wright is still like prosecuting them and that whole family, yeah, is like it's weird because it feels like a good news bad news thing. Where it's like, the good news is, is like the Republican Party seems like more skeptical of Trump this time around. Like, it doesn't seem like people are like rallying around him in the same way. Um, But the bad news is because it's like they've outpaced him in terms of like being racist and anti-Semitic and all that. It's like they're. Yeah. And they're doing it in a more palatable way. Yeah. It's like they don't need him to like do the winky like version of hate anymore. Like they're just saying it and, you know. That's the part that I think is particularly scary is like this Nick Fuentes guy who's like. Yeah, um, Kanye, Nick Fuentes and Trump met together and that's when Kanye asked him to be his veep or whatever. It's all really bad. I hope that the split like destroys them. Yeah. Just like the vote just like kind of allows us to take over. There's so many things wrong. So basically with Twitter, all these people have been reinstated and then Elon said he wouldn't reinstate Alex Jones. I'm I'm kind of like mashing the this like all this fucking crazy like Trump, Kanye, Alex Jones, like all of it together. Cause it's like there's too many insane people like running for president and trying to get back on Twitter at the same time. And that's yeah. the common thread. So that's what this segment is about. But basically, Elon like kept having these polls where he was like, should I reinstate Trump? And like, I'm going to reinstate these people. He reinstated like Kathy Griffin and like all these other people. And then he said, somebody said at shoe on head was like saying that it was messed up that Elon wasn't going to reinstate people like Alex Jones because he's reinstate. Like, he's like, I don't agree with Alex Jones, but this is like inconsistent but Elon said he wouldn't reinstate Alex Jones because he said, my firstborn child died in my arms. I felt his last heartbeat. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics, or fame. Then Justine Musk responded 
that it was a SIDS related incident that put him on life support. He was declared brain dead. And not that it matters to anyone except me, because it is one of the most sacred and defining moments in my life. But I was the one who was holding him. I cannot think of a more fucked up thing than to use the death of your own child, lie about it and use it as like a high horse to sit on when Everybody thinks Alex Jones a fucking menace and hates him. Everybody yeah. thinks that about Elon. But like to do that with something so personal, like I cannot. It's disgusting. It's so yeah. disgusting. I don't know. It's this. It's wild on Twitter. Hopefully I'm going to try and be more active on Hive, but who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. One interesting thing about Alex Jones is that he, you know how he got like you know how he got like sued for everything basically yeah. he started moving money around to different media <laughs> the dots are going crazy i can't this Hello. is the puppy this is the puppy and he's sitting on top of my other puppy okay <laughs> sometimes he just like he'll drink water and then he'll come up and he'll like have me burp him like he'll move around on me he'll burp like and he'll go back. yeah like a baby i feel like dogs are like they're like both baby and their own parents yeah yeah, Alex Jones started moving money around to the firms and stuff that his family owns. So that's a small update on that insane man. And didn't somebody like give him like a ton of money in cryptocurrency or something? Like they gave him a lot of money in crypto. Like, I don't people are like this is like what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. He got a whole ass career after murdering two people. Like he got tons of yeah. money and an insane career. He's like on Twitter like this happened with the after the Colorado shooting too he like had this tweet that he had to delete that like was I, I like I can't remember the exact phrasing of it but it was just like a really like fucked up statement and he I don't know he's just like he's being trotted out at all these like Republican conventions and shit and it's like like Tucker Carlson has him on and he's like a literal murderer there's no there's no like end game for them where they're like this is the line you know what I mean like no, there's are. nothing they're going full tilt now. It's like they are they are not uh pulling any punches anymore. I think that's why they're not like getting that excited about Trump. They just like they don't need him anymore. Like it's the it sucks that there's enough white supremacists running where it's like that we're hoping they split the vote. Like that's that's yeah. you know, it should be like, like that should oh, disqualify like you. There yeah. should be some fucking rule where you can't be a white supremacist or a pedophile, Matt Gates. You know? Yeah. Like wild very not wolf very not wolf. <laughs> kanye west also announced that he was running after he dropped the price of his shirts to 20 dollars, so quote people could like afford them but really he's lost all of his money and he's yeah. just trying to be i don't know he it's weird but yeah so that's like that shit show grab bag of like trump alex jones and kanye west this sounds like the worst like people walked into a bar joke like it's the yeah. worst <laughs> What's that meme like nightmare blunt rotation? Yes, <laughs> nightmare blunt rotation for sure. I cannot imagine doing any drugs with these people. I feel like God no. I would never want to even be in a room where I would see their faces. I feel like that would drive me crazy. Okay, shooting in Colorado happened this week. It was really, really tragic. This next part is going to be very sad, but I have to cover it. And I think it's important to talk about the ramifications of it, and also like what it comes from. The shooter was a 22-year-old named Anderson Lee Aldrich, who allegedly fired an AR-15 style weapon in the Club Q nightclub 
He was hospitalized and subdued by the patrons of the bar. He's the grandson of GOP California State Assemblyman Randy Vopel from San Diego, who had previously voiced support for the January 6th Capitol attack. He's a Republican and a MAGA head. His father was a former MMA fighter and a porn star. His name is Aaron Brink. He had an unhinged interview where he yeah, said his crazy. first reaction was that he was freaked out that the kid was at a gay club. I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the people who jumped into action and the victims. The people who jumped into action, there was a trans woman who stomped the shooter in the face with her heels as a reaction after the guy who was a former vet, I believe, basically like took down the shooter. He owns a brewery and his wife is a brewmaster. It's atrevidabeerco.com if you guys want to buy merch, A-T-R-E-V-I-D-A. And so those people were at the club. They took down the shooter, which is generally like how shooters are subdued in these situations where like, cause cops won't go in at like at the Pulse yeah. nightclub shooting. They didn't go in for, for a long time at Uvalde. In these situations, those people saved the lives of countless other people by taking the shooter down. Five people were killed during the shooting. Raymond Green Vance, Kelly Loving, Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, and Ashley Paw. I read like a lot of really really like wonderful stories about these people. And I suggest you guys like go look it up and remember them. And I think the common thread that I learned about all of these people was that they really found community there in Colorado. And at that club, like one of the co-owners and bartenders was, was one of the victims. It just seemed like like I'm part of the queer community and I I kind of realized I was queer later in life, but I have a lot of friends who figured it out a lot earlier and like as a result had to find that community and that support. And it's something that I like really cherish like being a part of. And I, I like, it just, it just like hurts that those places, like the one place where people go to feel safe are the places that are being attacked. I don't know. I just felt like, I just felt really emotional about this this week. Other people did not though. A lot of Republicans and people who participate in what is called stochastic terrorism, which is a term I learned about this week. I had a lot of comments about it. Warren Boebert tweeted out the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful this morning. The victims and their families are in my prayers. This lawless violence needs to end and end quickly. And then everybody just kept quote tweeting and sharing articles and things of her just instigating violence against queer people. She had a tweet that was like, take your children to church, not drag bars. She said coming out before the age of 21 should be illegal. She said the left is grooming our kids over LGBTQ inclusive flashcards. Like this whole like grooming. The groomer thing is so sick. Yeah. Propaganda. Yeah. Like so clearly tailored to like just like fan the flames of like shootings and things like this, where it's like they are, they are inspiring violence against it. Cause whenever you like invoke the children, the children, the children, like yeah. the easiest way to get people fired up over nothing. Like it's, you know. Yeah. It's really disgusting. It's also like coming <clears throat> from a party who like puts pedophiles to run for office yeah. and thinks that like, if it's heterosexual, it's not pedophilia. Like it's, 
fucking it's so hypocritical and gross and like definitely instigates this like fear in people that is completely unfounded yeah like i've been around queer people my entire life and i've had nothing but lovely experiences but i've had terrible experiences like at the hands of the state where it's like, or the like, church or you yeah, know like exactly. these organizations with a lot of power who are not marginalized and like take advantage of that power Okay, Chaya Rachik, who's the owner of the Libs of TikTok account, oh, yeah. that morning, like, oh, yeah. tweeted, this organization in Colorado teaches kids how to become drag queens and helps kids, quote, safely experience the art of drag on stage, end quote. Colorado State Reps Leslie Harrod and Brianna for Colorado promoted and encouraged this child drag organization and performance. Libs of TikTok is a fucking horrific account she says that she just like reposts stuff but it's like she is honing an audience and targeting people and communities through these like viral tweets that do call you know queer people groomers and like it just puts a target on people's backs yeah to tweet that like about a a queer organization in Colorado like after the shooting happened and to like stand by it is fucking insane it is like you know what you're doing you know exactly what you're trying to do. Other people who have also, you know, like been tweeting just like utter nonsense are Matt Walsh. He tweeted leftists are using a mass shooting to try and blackmail us into accepting the castration and sexualization of children. These people are just beyond evil. I've never felt more motivated to oppose everything they stand for with every fiber of my being despicable scumbags. And then he like, he tweeted more shit about when the, when it turned out that the shooter is non-binary that was an article that came out and then he and like all of these other people were basically using that again against they were like see the leftists are quick to jump and it's also it's always so like interesting to me because if you complain about something for so long you think you would like learn anything about it as a being non-binary or like gender identity like they just group like it is a queer community and there is like this umbrella term but there are like differences between groups like within these groups of people and it's like If you can't understand, like there are people I know who are in the queer community and also like bigoted towards other queer members of it. Like it's famously transphobia happens a lot in like the gay and lesbian communities. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and there's, I saw like interviews with people where like trans people are really upset at non-binary people and vice, you know what I mean? Like there, like there are differences between these groups of people and to assume that it doesn't step like to assume a shooting doesn't stem from like hate is like insane. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what do you think they were doing when they like, yeah, I am also of the mind where to me that feels like the, the, it feels like a savvy move by the shooter. Like there's, there's no pre shooting, record of the shooter being non-binary or or talking about that so to me it feels like an attempt at trying to throw the community they just committed terrorism on under the bus as like basically saying that you know like they did this to themselves or whatever but it's like you know I, i think this is just a republican troll which is insane that it's like a troll that killed five people yeah And it's like, I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm like, okay, if they are non-binary, there are like black people who, and like brown people who uphold white supremacy, like Kanye West is doing right now. Like you can be a part of community and still advocating for hate against it. Tucker Carlson had a guest on Jamie Michelle of gays against groomers, like who was like, the shootings are going to keep happening until we end this evil agenda of gender affirming care. Like you can have people within the same community advocate for policies that kill people within that community it was all like very like just 
I fucking hated it. It was disgusting. It was awful. It was tragic. There was a thread that I wanted to talk about that I saw today by Carolyn Orr Bueno, PhD at RVA Wonk, a behavioral scientist and postdoc at UMD. There was a question from somebody named Martini Shark on Twitter who said, have you studied the random violence on the other side as well as, or do you only look to the right when she described stochastic terrorism as the use of mass communications to incite random actors to carry out violent or terroristic acts that are statistically predictable but individually unpredictable. Trump and his supporters have embraced this tactic and I've written about it countless times. So she said that and then somebody responded like, have you looked at it on the right? And she said, I want to engage this question earnestly because it's a legit question. The answer is yes, I do look at the left too. Left-wing activists are responsible for 2% of murders committed by political extremists in the US over the past decade. Right-wing activists are responsible for 74%. Furthermore, left-wing extremist violence is on a decades-long decline, while right-wing extremist violence is on the rise. The statistics on left-wing extremist violence versus right-wing come from this report, where they have like a lot of different analyses. And right-wing attackers committed about a third of domestic terror attacks between 2010 and 2017. Another third were attributed to unknown ideologies, while 13% were attributed to left-wing ideologies. And the radical acts perpetrated by individuals with left-wing causes are less likely to be violent. And I feel like the reason for that, for all of this, is because left-wing ideology is like, let's provide housing and food and education for people. And right-wing ideology is like, let's put targets on people's backs to have somebody to blame when capitalists throw people under the bus. You know what I mean? Like- Facts don't care about your feelings, people. I'm sorry, but that's what the facts are. Yeah, it's it's not an ideology that meshes well on the left with random violence. Like it's not, you know, like when you're trying to when your goal is for everyone to have like a roof over their head and you know food on the table. You're you're not usually like, and, and I've got to do a lot of murder to prove it. Like you know, like that's not. Whereas the right's whole thing is is violence in one form or another. Um, you know, suppression. Yeah, it's it's so funny to me that it's like you can use the word extremist for both sides when it's like it is not extreme. AOC had like an interesting take on this where she, yeah, she basically was like it's not extreme to want to provide housing for people. It's not extreme to want to like save people's lives. You know, there's like already so much suffering in the world. Like I don't, me personally, like I don't understand how that that can be described as extreme like where our money is already being used in the military our money is already being used for extreme causes like how is it extreme to like give kids books <laughs> instead yeah. of banning them like, what the fuck i don't know okay that was like something i think people should familiarize themselves with because this postdoc like she her thread and she can like read more and more about it on her account she described like stochastic terrorism she described something that felt intangible to me like i think sometimes we use the term dog whistle to describe it but it is like targeting specific groups by like exactly what libs of tiktok is doing and i think Mm -hmm. if more people are able to like recognize it then we can call it out on social media and like in that in that sphere of like of you know online extremists who are like gathering people for their causes and then pretending like they had nothing to do with them and then denouncing them you know what i mean it's this it's very like cult-like having that plausible deniability of like i'm just an account on here like i would never you know encourage violence but it's like you are like we all know this label is is you know 
for show. Speaking of a show, the Qatar World Cup is happening. Are you watching it? Um, I'm not a big soccer guy, so I've not been watching a lot of it. I've mostly just been hearing news online. Um. I have to insist we call it football, but <laughs> um, I, yeah, I haven't been watching it. I... I like watching like big sporting events like I will, but I feel very like conflicted about watching this one and I'm fine not watching it because of all of the information that has come out about Qatar and what Qatar's done to get the World Cup. It was very corrupt. Um, I listened to how they got the, the World Cup bid. I listened to I'm listening to the World Corrupt, which is like a pod save the world they'll release these like few episodes on like a Saturday in their feed or whatever. And they talk about like the history of the world cup and how Cutter like just like bribed a bunch of people with like envelopes full of money. It's kind of like the Olympics, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah. And I'm from Utah. So Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney yeah. is aware of that, but this one was especially crazy. Cause they were like, this was like 10 years ago. They were promising a city that hadn't been built and they were like, yeah, we'll do it in this like 115, 20 regular degree heat. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it's an insane thing to do to have those events there. But then also it's an insane thing to do to build the city. And the people that paid for that were migrant workers. There were thousands of deaths, more than 6,500 as reported by NPR over 12 years of building the migrant workers because they were like, they're only like 13% or something of the population is actually like Qatari citizens. It's most of the people there are not citizens and don't have the same benefits as citizens. So a lot of the, the people who died were like South Asian. They were Nepali, they were Indian. There's also controversy related to queer people. They can't be queer in Qatar because of like the legality of that there. The yeah. FIFA, <laughs> the FIFA president Gianni Infantino have you seen this clip of him where he said, he said, I feel gay. <laughs> I feel yeah. like a migrant worker. He was trying to like show his solidarity. He said, today I feel Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel like a vagrant. Today I feel like an, a migrant worker. I feel all of this because what I see brings me back to my personal story. He was a child of migrant workers in Switzerland. He said, and then he said, of course, I'm not Qatari. I'm not Arab. I'm not African. I'm not gay. I'm not disabled. And then he said, but I feel like it because I know what it means to be discriminated, to be bullied as a foreigner in a foreign country. But that, that part of like, I feel gay, like, I feel like if he wasn't the FIFA president, he could be arrested for that in Qatar, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like You can't be like, I feel gay. Not only is this terrible for fans this is terrible for the athletes like athletes there who are queer who can't yeah. like what are they supposed to do like if you want to compete you have to go to a place where you are illegal like it's yeah your existence is illegal and when they were like you just can't commit these acts like in cutter then it's like so you're allowing queer people to come in to compete for your entertainment in like in like a gladiator style you know what I mean like you're just mm -hmm. like sitting up there on your high horse while your own citizens and the the people who not even your citizens but the majority of the country who aren't citizens are not allowed to be queer as they live there like that's a little a little much guys like what are they supposed to do there were Qatari people who spoke about it about how they feel there was a quote of this guy who said I think it was on last week tonight with John Oliver and he was like as a Qatari citizen like it feels like you're inviting all these people over to a dinner party knowing that their kids are being abused and you bring your kids and your kids are allowed to play and do whatever they want 
and knowing that the home that you're going to, they have kids who are in the basement who are like locked up and abused. How is that not hypocritical? Like part of the thing that's been weird is like people have been like, this is terrible. I'm still going to watch it. And I'm like, I don't, yeah. how do you not, how are we not constantly thinking about the hands that built those stadiums? It's, it's tough because I feel like right now we're in this era where so many of the systems that are, you know, that make everything like, yeah, that we do every day are so corrupt, like top to bottom where it's like, I was reading this week that, that thing about like, workers in a plant in uh, an apple production plant in china it said they broke out of their dormitories and i was like I why were they think... locked in yeah how do you break out of a room if you're breaking out that means you're not consenting to be in there at yeah that like and so it was like and then there's also like there's child slavery for yeah the companies who make chocolate and chocolate like mars bars and sh- like so many of them have participated in child slavery in order to get the cocoa for their chocolate and so I think it's like so much of everyday life now is negotiating like which awful broken system you're going to like look the True. other way on today where it's like, you know, I still am on Twitter, even though they, you know, they're opening the door to some of the worst people alive. And it's just, yeah, I, it's hard not to think about though. It is that meme of like, oh, <laughs> you're a socialist and you hate all these systems, but you participate in society. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. But it's like, I feel like watching an event, I think personally for me would be like really hard. Yeah, I'm not very tied to soccer. So that's why probably I think it's like, I think those people are like hardcore fans and they're like, it brought them like yeah. a lot of joy throughout their lives. So they're like, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm like, I would constantly be thinking, this is like why I can't listen to like Drake or Chris Brown. I'm like, you guys are like yeah. horrible people and I can't listen to you. But I think like, uh, like live event experiences like that for me, I'm like, there's no way <laughs> like I can yeah. handle it. But I do still use my phone all the time. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's I, I think there are some where I'm I'm the same as you, where there are a lot of like the artists who've turned out to be bad people. It's really hard for me to like, you know, sit down and enjoy their music when you know what you know, because to me it's like so much of a person's being is in their art. And so when you know that that person was awful, it makes it harder to enjoy the art. Um, I mean, to be fair, it was hard for me to enjoy Woody Allen films before I knew anything about him. So <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand. The... He's just too anxious. It's... Yeah. Oh, like a, a like a anxious uh, a white man who nabs a girl who's way too hot and younger for it than him. Yeah. Oh, the artistry. Um... <laughs> Speaking of sexual assault. OK, this is the worst segue. In I was going to say that's a wild segue. Yeah. Sexual assault victims were told not to contact local authorities in Qatar if they were experienced sexual assault and to contact the U.S. Embassy. Oof. Fucking incredible vibes happening. European data protection regulators said don't download a lot of the like World Cup apps because there might be like a privacy risk if you do that because they might take the data. Oh, boy. They last minute ban. This is a funnier one. Uh, less terrible but funny they banned beer in the stadiums and like they had this deal with like Budweiser who's one of the sponsors and then last minute on like the Friday before everything was supposed to start they like they were like yeah we're not going to sell in the stadiums it's going to be available like elsewhere because we have to and Budweiser like tweeted and then deleted awkward dot 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 because they thought that they were going to like sell beer in the stadium. Wasn't there like some team that when they won was chanting, where's the beer? Yeah. Um, Ecuador and- fans were chanting queremos cerveza, which is we want beer at the first match. And the Fox News broadcast, apparently, according to Twitter, said that they were chanting si se puede, which is 
so fucked up, like racist and wrong. Oh my God. But FIFA said that non-alcoholic beer will still be sold at the eight stadiums, but champagne, wine, whiskey, and other alcohol will be served in the luxury hospitality areas of the arenas. But this is, it's just a fucking mess. Like, why would you? That's, why so last minute? Like with one of the biggest beer companies in the world, they're, they've got to be on the hook for so much money. I mean, maybe, but I feel like, because I think they were selling, they were like, we'll sell it like not in the stadium, like elsewhere, like really far away in an inconvenient area. So I think they technically might still be fulfilling the contract. I'm not sure, yeah. but I feel like they did it last minute because they knew exactly what the fuck they wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like at that point, it's too late to pull out. Right. I mean, they've had like 10 years of atrocities and nobody did anything. So I think them with the beer they were like they'll probably be more upset about this but we'll do yeah. a last minute because nobody cares okay yeah so that's those are the headlines really sad this week uh, there were sad headlines i can't help it i can't make it funny if it's not funny but we do have some mutual aid babes of the week to help the people who were killed and injured in the colorado shooting first mutual aid babe of the week is if you go to coloradogives.org forward slash donate forward slash CO healing fund, you can donate there to help those victims. And then I wanted to do a mutual aid babe of the week that is relevant to you. Uh, have you followed the Apex Project on Instagram? I don't think I have. It's Apex Protection Project, and it's a, a wolf protection account that I follow. Oh, that's awesome. And they do a lot to advocate for, like, wolf protection because, like, wolves still get, like, hunted and people are encouraged to, like, hunt them in certain states. Yeah. And they have, like, a rescue, and it's really cute. They post really cute, like, videos of the wolves. And if you go to lnk.bio forward slash Apex, you can virtually adopt a wolf. You can like visit, you can volunteer, you can donate, you can join their newsletter and they have like fundraisers and stuff. And it's all about wolf protection. So yeah, it's really sweet. They have like, I love the the like reels and stuff they post because you get to like see wolves like interact with people that are, you know, their caretakers and stuff. And they, you're like, okay, I kind of see how they came for do from dogs, but you're also like, don't own a wolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. let them be free. <laughs> but they're very like, there's so many, they're so cute like the the videos and things and you can help help protect them but yeah that's do you awesome. have anything that's coming up that you would like to plug or talk about um, nothing major yet so in terms of plugs probably just you could find me on twitter at it's dan sheehan um i have been uh i have a newsletter that i put out um it's been coming out with a bit more frequency as twitter has been on fire um so that is dan sheehan.substack.com um, I got I got just my name on that one, which is nice. Um, so yeah, Dan Sheehan. What is your your approach to the newsletters? Because like now everybody is doing a sub. Everybody's like telling me to do one, and I'm like I'm tired. I do this podcast. And that's enough, <laughs> you know. I think it's been. I, I'm kind of hoping that this leads to like sort of a blogging revival where it's like we get to do long form writing again. Because um, that's what I've wanted to do my whole, I went to school for writing, you know, like I, I want to write and I want to, you know, I like tweeting, but it doesn't feel like writing to me. Um, and so it's like, I would like to, you know, work in longer form. Um, but for now what I've been doing, uh, I've had the newsletter for like a couple of years and I've always used it as like a place to post essays about like living in an online culture, kind of like l looking at the way that these sites affect our brains. And so it's all becoming very meta now as that 
starts to collapse. Are these um, sites so... affecting our brains in a good way? Rarely. <laughs> um, Darn it. Um, but yeah, and so I've been broadening it a bit. Like there's been some like pop culture talk and stuff like that. So I'm hoping to kind of just use it as a place to put writing about whatever I feel like writing about that week. Are um, you like, have you written on like Medium? Were you like a Tumblr dude? Um, I was, I had like a, um, like, back in the day of like blog spot and stuff like that when i was i had a blog in high school i've i've been writing stuff online since i was like a, a very young kid so have you had to like delete stuff where you're like this is Ooh. not okay yeah I, I i had a bunch of stuff from the high school era that had to go um you know stuff from my college years nothing like that would be particularly scandalous but it's just you know a lot of opinions i don't stand by anymore i love that i love deleting opinions we don't we don't like anymore that's growth that's growth baby and listen elon you can grow too if you're listening to this you don't have to be this man you could solve world hunger you could do it be a whole different guy you could go to world hq bring in a sink and then solve world hunger yeah <laughs> but thank you so much for doing the podcast we I really appreciate it and i'm really excited i'm going to I'm going, I want to, I want to read your book. I want to like do the choose your own adventure wolf thing. That sounds dope as hell. But thank you for, for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great time. Meeting adjourned, everybody. This episode of the City Council Podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan. That's me. The music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and live stand-up comedy shows. To support the show and for exclusive bonus content, please join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash city council show. Thanks for listening. 